Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Hey guys, Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast and Misters of the Dark. From now until the end of March, we at the Fearscape Media Network are raising funds to support your favorite FSMN shows throughout the next year. One such way is happening on March 5th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be offering live Zoom tarot readings under the moniker Phoenix Moon. I have been reading professionally for 20 years and now offer my services to all of you. Proceeds from the event go to support the network. Go to fearscapemedia.com forward slash tarot to sign up for your slot now. There's only 12 available, so get one while they last. Thanks again, and remember, you can always support the network by going to fearscapemedia.com forward slash support. Stay spooky. From Fearscape Media, Peer Beyond the Veil is coming back for a new season this March. We're talking government-sponsored mind control, walking on the edge with DMT, wild occultism and deep parapsychology, along with our signature blend of extraterrestrialism, supernaturalism and cryptid chasing. Bringing you a brand new roster of fascinating guests, each with their own stories and theories on the wild and the wonderful. Peer Beyond the Veil. Find us wherever there's darkness. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Happy that you're able to join us as we continue to explore and try to understand the strange phenomenon that seems to exist all over the world. Stefan and I are on a journey. And we share that journey with you. Ladies and gentlemen, to another, another, another frightening, 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 frightening episode, episode, episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. <laughs> I am high as a kite on life tonight. I'm just letting you guys know right now. <laughs> I'm super excited about life. Uh, but no, this is Stefan Gearhart, host of Fearscape, and I am joined, as always, by my calming and soothing and and just splendorific co-host mr josh rutledge how are you this evening sir well i'm doing fantastic thank you Ooh, for asking send shivers down my spine <laughs> Ooh, lordy uh send shivers uh and shills up my yeah spine. 
We discussed what shills were, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> shills is when you is when you shit up your back, and then it gives you cold chills. <laughs> shills, unless it, unless it's after some hot chili, <laughs> it might not be chili, if you know what I mean. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's 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 where we're at tonight, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like that, man. Uh, we have a very, very special guest coming on the show tonight. Josh, why don't you explain who we got coming on tonight? Yes, we have Jill Shelley, who is the owner of uh, Boyd House, B-O-Y-D House. And it's very, um, it's a very haunted house. And she decided, hey, I like ghosts and uh, I'll buy a haunted house. And so, yeah, we're going to talk to her about everything that comes along with owning and operating a bona fide haunted house yeah and this is interesting because i believe and correct me if i'm wrong i don't i don't know where it sits at this point but i know whispers estate has been for sale for a while um i i don't know if they kind of pulled back on it because of covid or what but for those of you listening out there you know this could be you know a training seminar on how to buy whispers or any other haunted house that's (laughs) on the market um, so I'm very excited to talk to Jill. I'm super pumped about that. I'm going to immediately ask her if she's related to Mary Shelley, um, even though Mary Shelley, was that was her married name. Um, so it wouldn't be by blood. It'd be Pierce Bryce, 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 Bryce Cellos. I'm, I'm drunk on life. What are you talking about? I don't know. I was just saying Mary Shelley. She can't technically be related to Mary Shelley via the last name because Shelley was Mary Shelley's maiden name. Or I mean, a married name. Married name. Right? So. Well, do you know for sure that she took her spouse's name? Yes, because she was married okay. to Pete. I can't say his damn name. Pete, Pete Bryce Shelley. <laughs> the damn famous author, poet guy. Oh my God. Uh, what is his name? I'm going to have to look. Pierre. Percy Bryce oh God, I hate his freaking name. Percy Bryce Shelley. There we go. <laughs> that was difficult to say. Well, the middle name is B-Y-S-S-H-E. Some Welsh stuff that I'm just not uh, familiar with. Okay. I've always uh, just said okay. Bryce, but I know it's not Bryce. It's like Bryce. Like something all like the, that. Like all the people that thought the main character of Metroid was Seamus. Right, yeah, Seamus. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was married a... to Percy Shelley. I said, I'm going to skip the B part. Percy Shelley, he's a great author, man. Wrote some amazing stuff. I'm, you know, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's why she, uh, you know, can't be related to Mary. So, yeah, through so, my logic, through my logic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Jill Shelley's going to be on the show tonight talking about some haunted houses. Um, but before we get to her, we need to get to our segments of the week, beginning with, as usual, the psychic word of the week. And now, the psychic word of the week. All right, psychic word of the week 
This is, uh, as always, comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary by June G. Bletzer, PhD, rest in peace, honey bear. Um, the uh, way we do this is we usually just flip through the pages until we find something that grabs our eye. I landed on page 495, and the phrase that I hit was psi conducive state. And that's PSI. So psi conducive state. Uh, looks like there's two definitions here. The first one uh, is in the category of psi tasks, and it says a condition of the experimental area in which the attitude of the experimenter and subject are desiring for the psychic ability to flow. Uh, it also says inconclusive after that. Uh, the second definition is under parapsychology, uh, which says an acute state of subconscious alertness brought about by meditation for at least 10 minutes beforehand. This quiets the body, emotions, and conscious mind to bring the psychic to a higher level of awareness and helps him or her maintain a neutral and passive attitude. This also says inconclusive at the end. So, Huh. Okay. Yeah. Not really sure where to take that. So uh, essentially what it, what it, what it means, <laughs> I think essentially what it just means is relaxation. Like, <laughs> you okay. know, essentially it's like that chill down, getting in that state of mind to, um, to have, it's like, to have visions like, or to whatever. I mean, like I do a, it before I read tarot. I, I, I kind of meditate and I chill beforehand just to relax and release the day. Well, theater students, we do this all the time. Theater people, we get rid of all that shit, leave it at the door. And that's essentially what the psi-conducive state seems like to me. So it's almost like the, the state you get into, like, pre-meditation, too, I guess? I guess, like but of... I, I don't even know if it's pre-meditation, because I feel like it's during... I mean, that's what meditation does, is get you calm. Now, if you're talking about the type of meditation where you're doing some work, you yeah. know, as opposed to yeah. just traditional meditation, which is the no-mind, the no-mind is essentially... That's this this psi-conducive state. But if you're doing work during your meditation, that's a little bit different type of meditation. So. Oh, well, then I guess I've... I've... I do it all wrong because that's the only kind of meditation that I do. <laughs> like not all meditation is guided meditation. Not all meditation is a purpose. Sometimes meditation is simply just to be in the present moment. I mean, mm. that's how I meditate. That's how I deal with my anxiety and, and things like that. I, I traditional Buddhist meditation where you focus on your breath and that's all you do for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, however long um, I've even done so for an hour and you almost kind of trance out a little bit and go into this kind of state where you're just calm, right? Because you're just focusing on the now. And so for people that have depression who worry about the past or anxiety, because we worry about the future for this brief moment, we're sitting in the present. And so we don't have anxiety. We don't have depression for that moment. Hmm. So like I do, I mean I don't. <clears throat> so I don't. We're not really. But like I don't get off. I don't. <clears throat> excuse me. Do guided meditations very often. Um, like I have been because of this gateway experience stuff. But mm -hmm. usually, <clears throat> I do what you're talking about. I just get really calm, get into a state. But then once I'm in that state, like I ask for guidance intervention sure you're uh, you're visions still, i'm you're still, still doing a guided meditation you're just asking for guidance from your guides or yeah. from higher powers or even yourself 
Um, whereas just, you know, normal meditation is just that. It's just staying in that state. And if your mind wanders, bringing yourself back to that state, it's just, it's calming. It can lower your heart rate. It can lower mm. blood pressure. It does a lot of really great things and apparently can get you ready to be more psychic. So, yeah. So, I mean, essentially, yeah, now I get what you're saying. So, yeah, the very beginning part of your meditation is indeed getting yourself into a psych-inducive state to do mental work. So I would say that even when you're doing your hour long, just breathing to be calm, mm -hmm. that's still doing work, right? You're still doing I guess your, so. I guess you're still so. doing mental work to be calm. Technically, yes. Okay. <laughs> Technically, yes. But Anyways. if you do it right, you hit a point where it becomes, you know, motor second nature, yeah, like second breathing. Nature. Yes, exactly. So, and that's where you want to get. That's where you want to be. So, but anyways, thank you, Junji Bletzer, for that wonderful debate. <laughs> and uh, let's go ahead and move right along. And I guess we'll go ahead and jump into our Cryptid of the Week. Hi, y'all. It's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. Cryptid of the Week. All right, so we've got our Cryptid of the Week. Thank you, Jersey Devil. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about one of his really good friends that I don't know if he's really met or not. Um, but it is the Beast of Bladenboro. Oh, yeah, I know him. He's real cute. Just likes to suck on things. Shut, Jersey Devil. <laughs> <laughs> relax uh so the beast of bladenboro also is known by uh this is uh also known as the vampire beast um location is uh bladenboro and clarkton north carolina uh this refers to a creature responsible for a string of deaths uh in that area of animals, string of deaths of animals, I apologize, in the winter of 1953 and 1954. According to witnesses and trackers, it was likely a wildcat, but its identity was ultimately not definitively confirmed. According to reports, the animal commonly crushed or decapitated its victims, which were mostly dogs. Uh, it is found in the woods and swamplands. Uh, the beast of Bladenboro is described as looking like either a feline or a bear, somewhere between 90 and 150 pounds and somewhat larger than four feet long. The size was frequently remarked on with witnesses mentioning how it shared characteristics with a cat, uh, albeit one that was exceptionally large. Um, not only was it known for crushing animals and decapitating them, but it was known to drain the blood of local pets uh, and, and just inflict massive damage on their bodies. Uh, reports of crushed or flattened heads suggest a creature with large, powerful jaws and also mention other animals killed by the beast, including goats, cows, and hogs. Uh, some people think that it could have been a wolf or a panther or a wolverine, but of course, no one knows for sure. The one thing that is agreed upon is that the beast was quadrupedal, violent, and predatory. Uh, the Beast of Bladenboro killed all these pets and everything starting on December 29th, 1953. This lasted for over a week. Armed townspeople took to the forests and swamps looking for the beast. Um, and a number of cougars and other animals were killed in the process. But the vampire beast was never, ever 
caught. Um, there's all these people that caught all these animals saying, hey, we found him. <laughs> we, yeah. we got him. We got him. But they did not. Um, and it says that, of course, you know, like most of these areas uh, having uh, these monsters, uh, there are um, usual festivals and things like that. So, of course, Boost the Borough, which is a community burst booster for Bladenboro, holds an annual Beast Fest in which the Beast of Bladenboro also known as Bob, serves as mascot. And uh, they have a ton of events that all go around that, all around the the vampire beast, the, be- the beast of Bladenboro and all that stuff. Um, so lots of fun stuff. <laughs> this is uh, Beast of Bladenboro. Um, so enjoy that. Yeah, he's real cool. Likes to drink. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Jersey Devil. Uh, very, very interesting. It almost sounds like a large chupacabra to me. Well, I was I was wondering um, if it was so. What's that was? What was it called? Oh, kill. There's like some, but this is, has six legs. But I saw on uh, on Twitter, uh, Greg Newkirk had uh, had posted a picture that some high school like out in Wisconsin or something has a cryptid as their mascot. And it's like that. It's like the, some kind of a cat, but it's got six legs. Hmm. I wonder, there's some really interesting drawings, of course, what people think that it looks like. And uh, it doesn't look like there's a definitive, um, definitive version. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I, I've, I've, I have heard of that, that if it's something that's super popular and the community has really rallied around it, that yeah, that, that they may take that and make it their, their mascot. I mean, shit, some of these are, I mean, if you look at it, dragons and, and things like that, those are yeah. all mascots that are essentially cryptids. So, I mean, you know, <clears throat> things that we may not know of or can't necessarily prove, but some people, you know, lots of people believe that are really out there and really exist, you know, like uh, like Jesus and other things. like. That. Well, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> there is a church called Peace Lutheran Church uh, in South Carolina that has a group called the Christian Cryptids. And they talk <laughs> all about cryptids of the Bible um, as well as other cryptids and what that may mean. I would be really interested in joining that Sunday school <laughs> class. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. <laughs> So, uh, but anyways, we're going to move on, Joshua. Let's go ahead and see what you got for us this week for our UAP sighting of the week. All right. So again, UAP sighting of the week. You um, have pulled from MUFON this week, right? For our unidentified area phenomenon. I did. I, I and, and I was actually wondering if MUFON was going to change their name to MUFAP. Oh, for- <laughs> I, you know what? We should have asked Shane. <laughs> well, I don't, it wouldn't be. Well, it wouldn't fat, be MUFAP. But- <laughs> it'd be no. MUAP. 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 Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. Now MUFON's a household name. So. Yeah, this comes from uh, from MUFON, and I looked at, um, I wanted to look at good old Kentucky to see what popped up, um, and so this actually came from, this happened on February 9th, so here recently, Wow. Uh, in Covington, Kentucky. Mm, over up by the Newkirks. 
Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and, uh... A chevron-shaped formation of white lights moving very fast, no sound, and it seemed very wide. Each light was perfectly and equally distanced from each other. No body or surface of a plane or machine was seen. I was looking at Orion's belt in the sky with my naked eyes, and it passed to the southeast in direction. I felt it was very high in the sky. It was above cloud level as it disappeared behind a thin cloud cover. Ooh, man, you gotta love them ones with the clouds out. So, you know, first of all, when I first read this, I was thinking Starlink, you know, or, uh, Starlink, right? Because mm-hmm. evenly spaced, but but they specifically said chevron shape. Yep. And Starlink is a straight line. Straight line. So, chevron shape is, you know, for my, you know, it's like a V, right? It's yeah, the V for, shape. Yeah, like a boomerang. So, yeah, or like chef, most people think of it, chevrons on a military uniform, right? The, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like the so, I always used to call those arrow toppers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what they were when I was a kid. Okay, then. So, um, yeah, but uh, so those kind of V-shaped. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, not easily confused with a straight line of equally spaced satellites. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. And, you know, I've, I've actually, the times that I've been able to go out this winter and just look up at the sky uh orion has been always man right there front and center um mm-hmm. it's winter so yeah it's it's uh one of the great constellations to look at so yeah it's, I, in my opinion it's uh one of the most recognizable because of how large it is like that and the big dipper yeah. i think are probably the two easiest well and find. and you know and and uh the the movie the men in black who you know talk oh, about right. orion's yeah. belt you know mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff so yeah yeah, so it's good stuff. And I, you know, like I said, I put up in the uh, Covington area, uh, which, you, like you said, pointed out is uh, close to around the Cincinnati and stuff. And uh, by the, the Loveland Duke. Frog. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that. And uh, we'll go ahead and get moving on to our final segment before we get to Jill Shelley, uh, which, of course, is Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy catch-up! Creepy catch-up! Y'all, it's creepy. Yeah, here's a little old school. Suck it, Brad. That's what I'm saying. Good, badass theme song, man. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, no, creepy catch-up, man. Uh, I, we had some similar creepy catch-up this week. I only had one thing happen, and it happened this morning. Um, I was just, I went outside. And there was, uh, as I step outside, I could hear it. There was a very low in the sky, unmarked black helicopter hovering in the sky above my apartment complex, right where I'm at. And I walked down the stairs, I'm watching it. And as I kind of stepped out onto the parking lot area, it like zoomed away. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like like I said, just kind of weird. Yep. Um, it's the Men in Black, man. The Men in Black. This is not the first time I've seen an unmarked black helicopter low to me. Um, so yeah. I, I well, don't know. We you, did just talk to Alan Greenfield, so I'm like, right. Oh, I don't know. 
Well, and <clears throat> weren't you like, uh, weren't you at work we, we, when we got back from Point Pleasant? Yes, and, uh, that's what I'm saying. It landed in the yeah. field next yeah. to yeah. where I worked, man, and then just <laughs> took off. Nobody got out. Nobody got in. Just floated like dark windows. I couldn't see through it. It just sat there for a little bit and then zoomed away as my computer went all crazy. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it was just sitting there. And I almost forgot about it, which I, I told you earlier. It's like, I almost forgot about yeah. it. These things are becoming so regular that they're not even like standing out anymore. Well, see, I think that, you know, I was uh, thinking about what you, when we were talking about that, that um, I think that's probably the way that they want things to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, if if ufos or that kind of weird stuff is so commonplace that it doesn't even make the news anymore that's the level of saturation mm-hmm. that we and want society to be at so that if an event actually happens it nobody will freak out about it. right but until then it's all of us hanging out in the aluminum naughty yeah <laughs> with our foil hats that's so. right y'all, p- y'all pick up one of those shirts okay yep. so pick up, yeah pick up one of them shirts on uh com slash store yep <laughs> so yeah so is that all your keeping ketchup though that's it that, i have not okay. had anything happen man it's been it's been like yes so i had uh, i had two things um i'll start with the one that's that's similar to yours and that is uh two nights ago uh put the girls to bed and uh, climbed into bed, was going to watch um, a UFO Witness on uh, uh, Paramount, uh, not Paramount, Discovery. Uh, Discovery Plus. Which, by the way, I've been watching too. Very good. Yep. Very good show. I just watched the episode last night that is about the uh, Hopkinsville Kelly Goblins. Yeah, so. it's nice because some of the, like, especially the first episode, we saw some things that they mentioned in Unidentified, but it was nice getting some kind of deeper input into that. It was really yeah. So recommend. But anyways, so um, the my kind of uh, so the thing that's similar to yours is I so like, like I said I was getting ready for bed I was getting ready to watch a show in bed um, and bring my wife reluctantly along for the for the ride <laughs> and um, we heard this like loud doo, 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 you know like like helicopter chopper mm-hmm. blades but it was so loud that it was like the concussion of the blades were vibrating like objects in my room wow like uh like like Kristen had a a glass or something sitting on her table and it was so loud it was vibrating the glass that was tingling so mine was like definitely it, not that low nor that large like so like i uh i kind of laid there for a little bit i was like well maybe it'll go away right you know it's just flying over it it circled back around so i you know curiosity got the better of me and I jumped up, threw some clothes on, ran outside to see what it was. And I took a video, which I think I sent you all, which you can't really see the oh, video. But you can hear it. But you can hear it. And, and, uh, but what you could, well, like what I could see with the naked eye was I could see it approaching me, coming up over the trees. I uh, saw like a red light and a green light. And then as it circled, dude, it, it flew directly over my backyard. And it was low enough that had it been daylight, I would have been able to see the pilot's face. Man, I'll tell you what, I, uh, audience doesn't know this, but your wife just got you a new night vision video camera. And good God, I wish you had had that that night. Oh, I know. It's crazy that I got it the very next day. Like, she was it, probably it, like, <laughs> we need to find out what's going on. <laughs> well, so I, I come inside and I run downstairs to get my flashlight. 
She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I get my flashlight so I can shine it at it. It's like, is that a good idea? I was like, they're flying around my house mm-hmm. at freaking 830 at night, like, like running no light. I mean, other than the two lights that I saw as it was coming at me, there was no lights on the on the craft. And it was crazy because it kept circling pretty much like it was flying almost like a pattern. Now, it's it's like we jumped on the next door app and somebody's posting about um, <laughs> that they had a clip from the sheriff's department saying that the military was going to be doing training exercises. But I'm like, that's ridiculous. Training exercises at nine o'clock at night, flying that low over top of people's houses and out by where you are. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, where do they train you? And I again, I couldn't really see it that well because it's dark. But I could see a general outline of it, and it looked like a Chinook, which anybody who's not familiar with what a Chinook is, it's a two-propeller uh, helicopter. So it's got the front, you know, it's got a front heli- a front mm-hmm. set of blades and a, and, a, and a rear set of blades. And it's mainly a troop carrier type thing. It's, you know, like carry small ATVs and stuff like that. But, but I mean, that's a pretty large helicopter to be flying that low at 9 o'clock at night. One hundred percent, yes. And it went on for like probably about forty-five minutes to an hour before it finally, like I could tell that they were moving away. So, yeah, I, it, you know, Kristen is jokingly saying, "Good job, you know, dear," because I was talking about having, you know, we had Alan on, and and then also I had been uh, reaching out to various uh, UFO people, you know, to, to talk about, you know, you know the coming on the pod so mm-hmm. you know hopefully some of that will play out but but i mean um she's like you know it's a good job you they're interested in you again so <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> she knows now <laughs> <laughs> so my other creepy catch-up though was um you know so I, I we've talked about it a lot before that i feel like there's something in the woods behind mm-hmm. my house and um, you know, we, I've even got that video that like I put up on YouTube where I, uh, snapped that picture and it looked like, you know, like you zoom in and cleaned it up. It looks like kind of like this gobliny looking face. That's right, like yeah. peeking behind a tree looking, looking at me. And so anyway, so I was, um, standing in my, in my living room, just kind of looking out like I wasn't even looking out in the backyard. It just happened to glance in the backyard and the section of the woods that I glanced at, uh, like it was probably like maybe I looked at it for three seconds, let's say, you know, but in that three seconds that I looked at it, it was like um, this shimmer, like like the predator. <laughs> That's why I asked you to like remind me about predator. But you it was run. like that kind of kind of like that, you know, a shimmer of like something moving, it, you know, like I saw the woods behind it. But it was like distorted as it moved, like it almost like it was wearing some sort of a cloaking suit, and it was distorting the the light that was coming back to my eyes. It was like I said, it was really weird. I looked away, I looked back, I like I tried to like examine the area, and I, and I never could see anything else about it. So I don't know if it was like a trick in my eyes or or something was moving around back there, you know, that didn't want to be seen. So. I don't know that fits kind of some of your other theories or, or thoughts on things that are roaming near your house already and it's like what if they're combined whatever the same thing what if it's like they've got like a small base there underground or something well or maybe they're just interested in me <laughs> you know so 
Um, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, do a lot of this UFOs and, and aliens and stuff like that. Do they, do they conduct things more at night so they don't have to use their technology as much right. to, to try to stay hidden? You know, it's like I saw the leg move out of sight and I saw the, you know, the, I don't think I told this on the show, but the, the uh, figurine that our figure that I saw in the backyard that was like white and mm-hmm. had long arms and stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, and all that stuff was at night. So this was obviously during the day that I saw the shimmer, but I don't know. It's just really weird. Um, so like I'm, I've got that, like I said, we've got that night vision camera now. Um, and it's, um, the battery is uh, supposed to last for about two hours. So one night that it's not raining or snowing, I thought about just setting it up and let it see run and happened, record yeah. for two hours and see what I catch. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Is that all you got? That's all I got. All right. Well, let's get to our quick ad break so that we can get to Haunted House Proprietor, Jill Shelley. So stick around after the break and uh, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, Stefan here. This episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite sub box yet, the Cryptid Crate. You see, Josh got one of these for his birthday, and I was super jealous because it was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he received first was all about the Flatwoods Monster, which of course is one of our favorites. And it had a t-shirt, a book, a patch, mug, and some awesome stickers. So I checked out the price to get one for myself, and let me tell you, it is well worth the value. These make excellent gifts for yourself or even friends that are cryptid lovers as well. Now, if you use the coupon code FEARSCAPE, you will get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off individual purchases. So go ahead and head on over to FearscapePodcast.com slash CryptidCrate now and get yourself one today. heard us talk about all the amazing books we've been able to listen to on audible everything from fiction to sci-fi to true crime and more audible is the leader in the audiobook industry with a library of over 200,000 audiobooks start listening now by going to fearscapepodcast.com slash audible Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Fearscape. Thank you guys for sticking around after the break. Like we said, we're very, very excited. We have a very special guest here with us tonight, the proprietor of the Boyd House, uh, Jill Shelley. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We are hyper and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> my ADHD is on cray today. I even took my medication. I don't know what's going on. I'm just having, I'm, I got a zest for life is what's happening <laughs> so that we can talk about the afterlife with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, I think that uh, you had reached out to us because you are the owner of the Boyd house in Boyd, Minnesota. Um, and, uh, the Boyd house is a haunted house. I believe that's Correct. probably why, why yep. you would own it. Yeah. It I be. see here. Yeah. It says it's a four story, 2,100 square foot home built in 1901. 
as a whole. Yep. No one yep. was alive then. <laughs> so, so I had a question. Are, are you um, are you residing in the house, or you just own it for the purposes of it being a haunted house? Own it for the for the fun of the just the haunted house thing. Um, just love doing a lot of research there, uh, allowing other people to come in and research and and just learn and try to figure out who the heck's all haunting the place. <laughs> Well, now, was, before you got involved with it, um, was it already kind of an established haunted house place, much like in Indiana, close to Josh, we have the Whispers Estate, um, which has been uh, a haunted house attraction now for a number of years, um, and they are trying to sell it. So we told our listeners, hey, listen to Jill, if you want to learn how to buy a haunted house, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Whispers Estate is still for sale, so... <laughs> But yeah, I thought what, somebody bought that place already. Oh, well, again, we said we don't know. It's been a while yeah. since we've looked into the story, so um, someone may have bought it. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've actually been there twice. Yeah, yeah, I did my fortieth birthday there. It was so <laughs> much fun. I absolutely loved it. But yeah, back to my question is: is was this kind of an established kind of attraction before you bought it, or did you turn it into such? I, I pretty much, well, I didn't turn it in because it was already haunted, but it was um, it was a residential home, actually. Mm. Um, some people lived there for actually 30 years, and then they actually sold the home. And I ended up finding it because, of that, you know, obviously traveling around to haunted locations, I wanted to own my own place and also to do the research. So I just kind of started looking on the MLS, you know, looking for, you know, certain criteria, and I... Well, came across the Boyd house. I fell in love with the pictures right away. I was like really drawn to it. It was almost like, almost obsessively drawn mm. to it. Like every day I would look at the pictures and I hadn't gone to look at it yet. You know, I just kind of fell, fell in love with it. That makes me yeah. ask two questions. <laughs> First one is one, did you live near it already? And B, two, <laughs> B or two, um, Oh, Lord, it went right out my brain. Um, so we'll just go with the first one is, did you live near it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. It, it was it was quite a drive for us. Um, yeah, and actually, even when we went there to, to look at it, uh, one of my teammates and I were just waiting outside, and the realtor hadn't arrived yet. And I was like, you kind of get the feeling like something's staring at you out that attic window. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So... And then, yeah, we got some great stuff when we went in there because our realtor is really cool. She knew that, you know, I wanted to buy a haunted location. Mm -hmm. So when I'm coming, I'm, I'm coming to do like mini investigations. So, you know, bringing equipment and stuff. And we had the REM pod go off within eight minutes wow. after being there. And then um, we got some really good spirit box responses. And you just kind of felt like somebody was there. Like they were kind of yeah. staring at you from afar, you know. It, it, the house was welcoming, but yet, you know, kind of like, a distance and i don't know like they were they were cautious cautiously interested yeah i think, I think yeah. that's what happens when you have a house of spirits as opposed to like malevolent ones like they they can still kind of be malevolent but they're more cautious and like you're stepping onto my property right so um, well you don't know what kind of um the family that lived there before may have just completely ignored any activity and it was the wind it was you know whatever and just and so you know if spirits are in fact trying to get people's attention and they spent the last 30 years being ignored then they might be more apt to welcome you know those who are willing to acknowledge that they're there right yeah and actually the i did speak to the previous owners because um you know i just i had that some of the evidence the first time we went 
checked with the medium that I trusted and she told me there were stick spirits there. So I thought, well, let's, let's clinch the deal. Let's see what the owners yeah. have experienced. And they, they were kind of real hesitant to really talk about a lot of stuff. Um, and, but they did the, the one mom said, you know, I always thought that house was funny. That's what she said. Yeah. That, that's um, a common but, term is funny. Yeah, and yeah, she said sometimes they'd hear old-fashioned music. The kids every once in a while would see a man sitting in the chair. Um, they would just have some some stuff happen, but they didn't really pay attention. Um, people have been touched in the house, um, you know, as they were growing up. Some of their friends would be touched at night, you know, on a sleepover. Well, they wanted to keep living there. It's like if you're going to keep living there, you have to like ignore it or accept it, and sometimes accept right. it is super scary. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't they didn't really accept a lot, so they never chose to really engage with the spirits. And um, actually, it took a while because we probably took about two months to get the house kind of situated to the way we wanted. Um, so now this is all new to them. They don't know what a REM pod is versus like like you say, you go to Whispers Estate. It's knowledge the spirits have heard about a REM pod nine hundred right. times. They know what it is. So you know, I almost had to like teach them. You know to to do everything in a I way love that i love that so yeah we spent a lot of time getting to know each other and um you know there are children there so we played some games and finally got them to touch rem pod teddy bears and it's almost <laughs> as if we once we started really reaching out making communication things have just gone off the charts you know with myself oh, wow. and, and other teams being there and and i think they really enjoy interacting that's fantastic. What? Yeah, my my I remembered my second part question, which was you said that you got the criteria right on MLS. I'm like, what sort of criteria did you put in? <laughs> <laughs> like, how does one put in haunted house? Now I know like the new thing is to like have a Sasquatch in all of your pictures, right? <laughs> like that's the new thing everybody's doing on their home on their yeah. home pictures and stuff. But I'm like, I never thought to like how do you look up haunted houses? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just you just go by your gut feel. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of what it all is, you know. What what I really love helps, that so much. You know what house attracts you? I mean, yeah, nobody advertises. Hey, my house is haunted. Want to buy it? So they you, you know, yeah. I know, I know. But probably would. probably a slimmer market for those types of people. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then you know, um, yeah, I just put in like what I go from seventeen hundred to like. 1940 oh. would be what I would do, and then I'd put my price range in, and I didn't care where in the state it was located. It just if it looked cool and I had a feeling about it, I went to a bed. That makes so much more sense. Thank you, because now I'm going to be doing that here in Arizona. <laughs> well, it, it makes me, you know, it really makes me wonder though if if um, if every uh, residence building, whatever you want to call it, if every building has some level of haunt to it like so and i don't like using the word the word haunt like i've Stephen, you and i've talked about it before there's so much kind of a negative connotation that goes along with the word haunting but like it you know does every residence or or, or domicile or whatever it does it have some sort of a spiritual attachment uh out you know outside of the people who live there um so could any building be you know i don't know haunted for lack of a better word i mean if you got all that energy i mean you've got people that built the house i mean if you're looking at haunting as being more than just a spirit right it could be anything that's my opinion could be you know you could have the energy of, of people that have worked on i don't know what what do you think joe 
Well, you know, I don't think every place is haunted, but like you said, every place has some sort of energy to it. Mm -hmm. um, so you could have that residual, as they say, residual haunting, where it's like the same thing every time, almost like that imprint in time. Yep. Um, you know, and that could be something that people would be considered, oh, it's haunted by a ghost because this happens every time at like 12 o'clock, but right. you're not really understanding the, the theory behind what's really going on. Yeah. Um, it but yeah. It's interesting. I talked to my realtor um, when I first moved out here um, and I kind of like lightly broached the subject of the paranormal, you know, to kind of just gauge because he was kind of a cool guy. And I was like, all right, let's see if he's into this stuff. He's like, man, I have some stories. <laughs> and just not only from being a realtor in which he told me a number of crazy stories of just houses and condos and things that he sold and been around, but he also did, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you take care of bugs i can't think of the name an exterminator. exterminator exterminator thank you he's an exterminator and sprayer for years because you know they have tarantulas and scorpions and stuff so it's a big business out here and he's like i'll tell you what i've got more stories from when i was an exterminator <laughs> of things that he found underneath like porches and houses he i mean just stuff where people didn't know that there were bodies buried under there just all kinds oh my of gosh. crazy stuff and he's like i knew that house would be haunted the second i walked in because i seen some shit underneath the house <laughs> 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 so like you can only imagine he said there's so many he's like realtors he said those of us that are cool with the paranormal we talk about this stuff all the time but they don't put it out there because the majority of people, it is assumed that would hinder the sale. So they don't want anybody to know. He's like, but man, he's like way more than you realize. Are oh, haunted. yeah. I <laughs> could imagine. You know, I mean, I could just imagine, though, you have your realtor for the purchase of your home. You have your inspector that inspects the structural integrity. Mm -hmm. You need a shaman to come in <laughs> and help cleanse the home before you buy it. I mean, it's like a budding industry right That's there. That's what I'm Someone. saying. <laughs> Man, or a priest to exercise. Or, you know, whatever. Whatever, whatever you want to, you know. I just I imagine the, the the little guy from the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummy, who's got all the different things on. Oh, he's like, yeah. he's, he's holding each one of them. You know, it's like that guy. He just shows up with whatever kit he needs for for that particular house. Yep, Jill, so. and we can get you on to do the how-to video. That's what <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I did notice that on your uh, on your all's uh, the Boyd House um, uh, Facebook page that uh, you all had some offerings for people to come and stay uh, in the house for like a couple of nights or a weekend or something. Is that something that you all do very often or? Yeah, we actually um, allow overnight par private paranormal investigations uh, 365 days a year. Um, but right, right now, so what we're doing is running a special promotion for two night stay. Um, so we're knocking $50 off the normal price. That'd be 300 bucks for two nights. Um, to stay at the house and we'll, we're running that through the 1st of March, but you can book anytime during the calendar year. Now, how long have you had this place? Almost two years now. So boy, so you had it for a year and then COVID hit. Has that impacted you guys very much? Um, you know, it did. It's always slow getting up and running anyway, you know, mm -hmm. cause you gotta get people in and get the word out and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we was really hoping with the, you know, unfortunately with the 2020, we, we had all these conventions we were going to go to and right. promote and I was super excited. Cause I got like this, you know, what was it? Like a seven, eight foot tall sign that I could put outside <laughs> and everything. Well. So we're hoping 2021 will be better Same, um, for yeah. some of the conventions, but um, it's really been picking up uh, probably towards fall. 
I think people kind of got the just bug to go travel and it has been all of a sudden booming crazy busy we have a lot of weekends booked up and a lot of teams been coming out and a lot of good reviews so yeah things have been great good well i hope with more of the vaccinations and things like that i hope you guys see a lot more business uh i just you know uh you know things like this were already good anyways because of the private function of it all you know you're already right. putting together a group of people that you would only be around with anyways and kind of fits those state you know maximums and and things like that so i'm glad to hear you guys pulled through because so many you know small businesses did not make it and you know of course we're biased towards things like this so. yeah <laughs> it never stopped anybody i don't think i mean I, I think it slowed us down for a while but sure Especially at the very beginning, I bet you, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So is there, um, just kind of shift a little bit more towards the house itself, what's the, I don't know, craziest or off-the-wall thing that you have experienced at the house? Oh, my gosh, there's been lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, if you got extra, top, feel top free to three, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, Um well, I know, like, one of the coolest things I had is um, in the basement, we had, I'd set up a poker game for him, and I had gotten coins from the 1900s and one big gold coin, and I had put it out, and I don't, I don't, honestly, I do not know how to play poker, one ounce fee, maybe 21, that's about it, but I'm, like, shuffling the cards, saying five cards high, whatever, low, I'm just shooting out <laughs> the terms, you know, and I'm just, I, I pass the cards, and I would do this every time I went down there. But every time I was down there, I pushed one card to the edge of the table. It never hung over the table. It was just right to the edge, and it was separate. And I kept saying, okay, if you guys are enjoying the card games tonight, please throw this card off the table. That'll let me know that you enjoyed the night here. And then the last time I came down and shuffled was about 11.30 at night, and 11.45, they threw the card off the table, and I caught that on film. Awesome. (laughs) Spectacular. So, yeah, and we had been getting a lot of REM pod action, too, on that table. Like, for, like, three hours, it was constantly going on, off, on, off. You'd run down there and it'd stop, right. you know. And so, then, yeah. So I am not, um, I was telling Stephanie the other day, I am more of a UFO gadget guy, so. Whereas I'm the ghosty guy. <laughs> what's, a, what's, a, what's a REM pod? Um, that's a radi- radiating electromagnetic energy so it's it's, it's kind of like a, a magnetic field detector in a way. Okay. So if something comes close and breaks that barrier, that alarm's going to go off. I mean, there are things that can set it off. You know, if you, like sometimes the cell phones, you know, walkie-talkies. So you have to take that all in consideration. Um, but for the most part, you need to get really close to set that thing off. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, okay. Josh, I'm sure you've seen those on many ghost hunting dogs. I probably have. I just didn't know what it was called. Right. So I'm a very visual. <laughs> I'm a very, you know, like I've, I've seen those, the like the meter that's got the uh, green, uh, yellow, red. Yeah, the K2 you know, meter. Yeah. Like a light that goes back and forth. I assume it's something along those kind of lines. Is Yeah, yeah that, that's the EMF reader. So same thing, electromagnetic field. Uh, yeah, okay. Josh still thinks there's proton packs. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to cross the streams, man. I, you know, <laughs> I don't want to cross the streams. So, um, so uh, before we get to your other two, I did want to say, I know you said that there was a video. Is there a place we can see that video that people can see that video of that card? Uh, yeah, you can actually yeah go to our Facebook um, page, and we have that online. Um, you just kind of have to scroll through our pages. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't know when we shot that. 
Um, but then also, if you don't, if you're not a part of Facebook, if you go to our YouTube channel, um, and that's actually under our paranormal, so that's St. Croix Paranormal, um, and you can find the Boyd House documentary that I made, and you'll find it in there. Great. Yeah. And I very easily was on the Boyd House Facebook page here and just clicked videos and can find a ton of great stuff. Uh, the YouTube page is easy to find as well, as well as the St. Croix Paranormal website. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, I know I'm going to be watching this tonight. <laughs> just that one alone. <laughs> but you said you had a bunch. Were there some other uh, stories that just were good ones? Uh, yeah. The very first night I stayed in the house, which um, what I found interesting about it is that the medium I spoke to before I bought the house, I really trust her. And she said that the first night you stay in that house, you're going to hear the man come in through the back door from gardening. You're going to hear him. Huh. I hadn't purchased the house yet, nor did I say I was going to. So for her to say the first night I stayed there, so it's like she already knew. Um, but I was walking through the house and like, it was getting kind of late and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, nothing's happened. Maybe she wasn't right. You know, and, <laughs> you know, just kind of like, okay. So I just happened to be walking by the basement door, which it goes down a flight of stairs. And then there's another door to the back that goes outside. All of a sudden I heard this bam, 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 like three really loud knocks on the door as I walked by. Of course I jumped like 10 feet. So I'm like, Oh my God. You know, I totally was not <laughs> expecting that. And then I tried to debunk it. I'm like, okay, was it wind gusts? Was it this? And then there was absolutely no reason for that to have happened. And then um, to kind of verify that, we had spoke to somebody in town who um, actually ha can kind of see spirits sometimes. And, and I hadn't mm -hmm. told no, I hadn't told anything with the what the medium had told me. And she said, you know, sometimes I see a guy in the backyard gardening and he walks in your house. Ooh. Awesome. So I was like, well, there is, there was a nice verification yeah. right there. So, um, that was a good one. And then I think probably just the, um, other one that was pretty good too. We had hung up a picture. I stopped at an antique shop and hung up a picture in the bed, in the main bedroom. And I said, gosh, I, I hope you guys like this picture. And later when I got home, I actually got an EVP of the woman saying, I don't like it. But at, at seven o'clock in the morning, we kept hearing all this loud knocking coming from the wall where I had hung the picture. Like, I don't know if she was trying to get it off huh. or what. So that was, I mean, it woke us up out of a dead sleep because it was like 7 a.m. and we were just sleeping. And all of a sudden, you just heard all this knocking. Was it maybe the picture pulling away from the wall and knocking back, you know, like trying to move it actually, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like the pull the picture away from the wall and then it swings back and knocks against the wall and you pull the picture and swings back and knocks against no the wall. it was actually like somebody just going knock 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 wow. on the wall yeah and we were like and it did it like four times in a row and we just both looked at each other my husband and i am like did you just hear that did, you, did that come where did that come from you know, so <laughs> <it was> like... <laughs> oh wow i love that stuff uh, that's the way my sister's a medium and when we went to whispers estate before you know like she had already made a few kind of predictions of things she thought she'd see and then of course they start to tell us a story and she's like this is one this is this is you know so those those were always like the good moments those are the ones you know are like probably legit it's really good to have a medium you can trust and then in that act the other person too is really cool too <laughs> yeah well that's what i was wondering if uh if the people in the in the area or the town were you know were open to uh 
the attention that are, are you know is coming to the house and coming oh, into the question. town and yeah because i know the whispers a state neighborhood not a fan <laughs> yeah i think i think for us it, it goes 50 50 of course you're gonna have you know people who do and and don't yeah. agree um but we are finding a few more people coming forward and, and i think they're kind of enjoying you know honestly this town i mean they're they're uh, they are great people but it's a real small town it's like 157 people no 75 oh, wow. i think so real small town wow. and and so i think they're kind of liking some of the attention i know they've always yeah. enjoyed talking with the investigators um a lot of times you know if they're outside taking a break and somebody's walking by they'll stop and chit chat with them and and that kind of thing so you know it, it is a good friendly town so then i assume then being that small it's it's probably not in a neighborhood, so to speak. So how, how far is like the closest house to the Boyd house? No, it actually, it's in town. Oh, okay. Um, so it, yeah, it is mostly farm country. Um, I don't know how many houses are exactly in town, but it's small. Um, our house is actually located on what would be the edge of town. Um, the old owner back in the 1900s was Fred Eckert. He actually owned a hard, not a hardware store. He owned like a dry goods store. They sold fancy clothes shoes food you know you name it he did it um he helped build the church he was part of the fire department you know very well respected businessman he died in the home as well and we know he's still there um but it's really just a hop skip and a jump jump into town um literally we walk a kitty corner across the street and there we are so we were actually the first house on the edge of town um back in the day and then there oh, actually was like a blacksmith across the street, which now there's a house there. Um, but if we look back at the pictures when the town was first around, uh, they had actually had 500 people in town. And it was like a Wild West booming town. They had, you know, just the cowboys and the Indian, well, not the Indians, but they had, um, <laughs> you know, well, they did because they were actually butted up against the, the uh, Sioux Dakota reservation line. Right. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw and that so, that was close um, by. Yeah, so we don't know what kind of activity, you know, we've researched and we can go back about, you know, early 1900s is all of the information that I'm finding, you know. So whatever happened back in the 17, 1800s, you know, we may never find out. So there could be a lot of history, For you sure. know, that's happened on this land as well. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I was wondering if, <clears throat> excuse me. If the house looks like it's all in its kind of original configuration. Uh, quite a bit of it is. I've heard now um, some of it's been renovated by um, other people, but it's still got that old look. So it's got a lot of the old, it's still got a lot of the old natural woodwork in it. Um, it's got a really cool glass chandelier. Um, so we're kind of finding out some stuff. I've had the uh, great grandson over and he kind of explained where things used to be in the house and where some pillars used to be. Um, but a lot of it is still really in maintained in the original and, and we've brought the house back that way too. Um, we've kind of put like the old Victorian wallpaper yeah. up, we've furnished it with all the that, Victorian yeah. furniture and, you know, just trying to bring it back to the way it was. What's <clears throat> my grand, <clears throat> excuse me. My grandparents lived in a house that was uh, built in 1825. Oh, and, cool. And, um, when it was original, the house original, the, you know, of course, it didn't have a bathroom because there's no indoor plumbing. And so the uh, half of the house was a doctor's office on the first floor, a schoolroom on the second floor above the doctor's office, 
and then the other half of the house was living quarters. And so uh, in when they came in in the um, in the forties and they renovated the house to make it uh, more um, you know resale friendly, they uh, put in a bathroom inside. And so where the bathroom is is where the kitchen, the huge fireplace like double-sided fireplace with where they would hang the you know the big heavy pots and stuff to cook and uh, my grandparents actually found the original door it was a it was a drilled hole door that sat in the main part of the room that allowed heat to flow Mm. uh to the rest of the house but didn't you know and so there but anyway so it was just really interesting to look back at how they made this 19 or 1825 house more modern i'll use that term loosely because it still didn't have air conditioning and it no. didn't have heat throughout the entire house you know I, in the winter time i had to have like eight blankets and a heating blanket on the bed because it would it would get down to like 45 in my room upstairs but um but it's just really cool to see a how they did that in in, in and then b that uh that all of that stuff was that way when it was built now my grandmother went and registered it on the uh, historical society and uh, they have since sold the house the person who bought it is finding it rather difficult to do renovations because a house registered on the historical society has to have certain provisions so i wondered if the boyd house is registered and if you are running into any of those things at all no, no, um, not not registered, and I probably wouldn't do so because, like you said, I've known about that. I've actually lived um, at one point um, in time in a in a historical house, and I was checking to register it. So I'm like, oh, well, they might pay for some renovations, right? right. And then I was like, oh no, they do not not for no. that type of renovation. So nope. yeah, there's no yeah yeah, and it's I mean I remember um, like you have to get. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but they're the type of windows where the glass is is you know, blown is not the right word because they don't blow panes of glass. But like it's not manufactured windows. Like you can't put manufactured windows in and stuff like that. It's just really a lot of restrictions in order for you to be a, a, a historic home. And so, mm-hmm. um, the the unfortunately the person who bought that house um, is just pretty much letting it fall to rubble so that he can tear it down. Oh, that's too bad. It is. It's it's very sad. Every time I drive by it, it's like, you know, a major part of my childhood <laughs> is just basically falling apart. So mm. Yeah, those but, those buildings are just just amazing and the construction, I mean, they 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 solid. They're so solid and and I think that's one thing I like about the paranormal investigating. I mean, you go to some of these places and you just you're taking a step back in time and you're you're yeah, just seeing this. Yeah. It's just incredible. I love it. Um, well, we've talked a little bit about the Boyd House, and we can come back to that, but I want to get to know you a little bit more, Joe. I, I, you know, we always love to ask our, our people, how did you first get it, not necessarily involved in the paranormal, but start to believe it? I mean, what, what things happened to you that made you go, I, I need to get more into this? <laughs> well, I, I don't know what it is. I was kind of a strange kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, so I was always kind of fascinated by, you know, the paranormal and death and, and I, you know, just, just that kind of stuff at just a young, really young age. And, and I even remember just telling stories in the dark with my cousins, you know, ghost stories and, and playing, mm-hmm. you know, stories on records and, you know, just watching everything scary and, and stuff. And um, 
So I was always always interested in that. But at my grandma's house, we had a room that that nobody liked. We all hated <laughs> that room. We don't know why, you know, because my grandparents built the house, so why anything would even be there, we don't know. Mm. And and but it was just something about that room. It was cold. It was inviting. You always felt like somebody staring at you, um, that you weren't welcome in that room. And I remember one night it was just uh, myself and my parents were sleeping in a different room and my grandmother sleeps downstairs. And I just, you know, I was probably, I don't know, like eight to 10 years old and my back was towards the door. And I just kind of woke up in the middle of the night and I heard footsteps coming out of that room. And I'm like, you know, it's my parents up and you, you know you could hear it's old creaky floor and I'm like no they're still snoring and I'm like who is walking upstairs you know and you start freaking out because you're a little kid yeah you know and so then I it stopped right in front of my door you know so we slept with the doors open and I could just feel it staring through me mm-hmm. and I it was so intense almost like laser beams and it, yes. that's how you imagine as a little kid like laser beams going through your body you know yes. and I'm like oh my god this is so intense but I'm so scared I am not turning around and you know so then you know then it goes and you hear it walk back into the room and I'm just like oh my god and I just threw the blankets over my head and then eventually you know fell back to sleep but in the morning I was asking my parents I'm like did you get up in the middle of the night no 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 I didn't and I started telling my grandma the story about it. And she's like, oh, my gosh, honey, he's just a ghost and he's not going to hurt you. And I was like, <laughs> wow, here is my grandma, who I respect a lot. And she's like, it's no big deal. And then, so I was like, I got to know more about these things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that just kind of fueled the fire to just kind of get me going. And, and um, you know, I guess with the advent of TV, you know, with the, with the paranormal people coming out, you're like, oh my god, I I can do this. This is yeah. this is a thing, yeah. you know, and and that's kind of where that that took off, and just met a great group of people in 2010, and we formed our Saint Croix Paranormal, and yeah, it just took off from there. It's been a wild ride. So just out of curiosity, in, in if you remember or not, um, the room in your grandmother's house where it was always cold and such, was there a mirror in that room? I don't think there was because I remember there were like four beds and there were like two cot type beds and then one mm-hmm. bigger bed and then my uncle had all his army stuff hanging in there and then there was just a closet but instead of a door on it my grandma had a curtain over it and it was okay. never really closed all the way but no I don't recall a mirror being in there yeah we we were talking I don't know a couple weeks ago about uh, where Stefan grew up he had a um a doorway at the bottom of a stairs that was like to a closet and it had a mirror on the front of it. And then we had a listener story where the person was talking about the same thing about like seeing things or hearing things come out of the closet. It makes me wonder if, you know, it made me wonder at the time, you know, cause people have heard talk about mirrors or doorways to Game other worlds, realms yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It just made me think, you know, was there a mirror in that room? And that's where something came into that room and then walked around and then went back and went back through the portal. So, well, it's interesting that she said her uh, uncle had the military stuff because my ha- my grandparents' house uh, that my grandfather built, um, he he was in World War II. Um, quick side story: he was in the very first wave of the Battle of Normandy. Um, his entire platoon died except for him. 
Um, he covered himself with their dead bodies until the next wave came in. It's a really scary story. Um, and he survived um, because a Nazi came up to check the bodies. He shot him. It's the only person he's ever killed. And it's he swore he would never kill again, never enact violence. But he kept that helmet forever. In fact, my brother has it now. Um, but forever it was kept upstairs in this room. And my grandmother always said that there was this Nazi ghost that was in there and it was there. It was still attached to that helmet and things like that. So you never know like what's attached to something or attached to a person or what was on the land prior or anything that it right. could be. And you said military and I was like, oh, I was already going to tell this story. <laughs> so you never know. You never know. Well, it's like I I think I, I can't remember where I read it, but somebody had posted something I think on some social media that said, you know, when you go to the, when you go to a yard sale and you buy someone's old trinket, you never know what's attached to that thing. What what you're bringing home in addition to whatever you're buying at that yard sale? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I buy I buy a lot of antiques um, that come to the house too. So I don't yeah. know if that that might contribute to some. And I know I bought some dolls that are supposedly haunted. Now, whether right. they really are or not, I don't know, but I bought them. So. <laughs> still fun. No, yeah, no still, yeah. So, so they're out there. So you just never know if, if any of these things have attachments to them, you know? Well, cool. You had, you had briefly mentioned St. Croix paranormal. Um, and so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, sure. uh, you know, that's, it's not a common thing for someone to not only buy a haunted house, but to, uh, I assume you started the, the, the group with some people. How did that all come about? I mean, how fun is that really? <laughs> yeah, I know it was, um, actually was, uh, started with a guy at work. Um, so we've been really good friends and we just started out talking about, you know, scary movies. We had that common next thing yes. you know, we are talking about ghosts <laughs> and, um, so he's like, yeah, I, I do investigating, you know, he's like, I just, you know, just a few places, it's a hobby. And I'm like, oh, and so then we just kind of started doing stuff together uh, and, and investigating. <laughs> and then we started talking to people and found more people who were interested. And um, actually Donna, who is a very dear, dear close friend of mine now, um, her sister-in-law actually worked where I worked and said, oh my God, you have got to meet my sister-in-law. And so me and Donna talked on the phone and then we decided to meet in a graveyard. Uh, so, <laughs> and we've been best friends ever since. So that oh, yeah, she it. joined the group. And um, yeah, it's just really blossomed. You know, we just started out doing uh, private homes and businesses locally. And then we took our very first trip was uh, Villisca Axe Murder House. Um, so yes. that was our, our, our very first place. And then we just started traveling all over the U.S. And, and going to all those fun haunted locations just in search of the paranormal and, you know, just bonding as friends and having a great time and meeting some awesome people. That's so great. And that, now you get a house out of the deal. <laughs> right, right. There, I, I've reached my goals, my dreams. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a crazy ride to get there, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. That's awesome. And I'll tell you, I've pilfered the St. Croix Paranormal website, and I'll tell you the thing that keeps standing out to me is on the evidence page, which is that shadow figure at Ashmore Estates. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> Gives yes. me goosebumps. What what do we there's other what are the duck duck bumps like I said in yeah, that duck one bumps, yeah. <laughs> chicken skin it I just man like even right now I'm like I'm like I gotta stop looking at it because it's, it's like it's staring at me yeah that's that's Donna man she is our photographer Oof. extraordinaire she will take probably 
Now, now she kind of tries to build a record every time we go of, of how many more pictures. It used to start out with like, <laughs> oh, I only took 500 pictures. And then I'm like, only 500? That became a joke. And next thing you know, I'm like, you took 700. I think so. She keeps going off. <laughs> so, oh, that's my like sister Kelly, like, man. Yeah, she's yeah, a like photographer. Two, like about 2,000 photos at Ooh. one place. But it's just click, click, click. But you know what? If she hadn't have been doing that, we would have never caught yeah. that photograph. Well, so. and now, you know, like like I said, my sister Kelly's a photographer, and she took some family pics. And, you know, we were there for like an hour or whatever, and we thought she maybe had like 100 pics. She had 2,500 pictures. We're like, hell, <laughs> but it's because, you know, now these cameras have that that click where it could take 17 pictures like very rapidly, right. you know, which is really great for ghost hunters and UFO enthusiasts and stuff to have a better option uh, like opportunity to grab something right because now you've got 17 shots or whatever it is to look at that but that just adds to the number of pictures yeah. You gotta exactly go <laughs> yeah that's I, i've always you know i'll you know i'll set up a have a plan i'll set up a camera in my house <laughs> and let it record for eight hours but then i'm like but that means i've got to sit there and watch eight hours of video <laughs> i mean i still struggle on those times where i'm like you know what i'm gonna watch all the lord of the rings <laughs> you know or like I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up a microphone and just let it record all night long but i'm like but then i've got to go back and listen to 12 hours of audio and it's like so who, who who draws the short straw for for having to you know to listen to all that well, Donna likes to do the EVP, so she does all that because I hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I love it when I get something, but it's right. like you say, it's we're the type of group where we do leave it run from the time we go, go until the mm -hmm. time we're done. We should, yeah. And um, we actually have like way too much equipment than anybody really should have, and so <laughs> I, I, you know, I put I put it all out. So at one time, we I think the most we ever put out was twenty two voice recorders, and they were like fourteen hours long a piece. Oh and then you know i think we own like 34 camcorders so I, sometimes we'll set all of them up and so you know it's a <laughs> lot of video but i do a lot of the video because i like doing that i yeah. love it um, it's commitment though i love it. it is it is so i spend a lot of time in my chair with my cats so that's you awesome. yeah you I mean, should, I tell uh... you, i'm adhd so i'm easily distracted <laughs> just when i edit the podcast i'm like wait i just missed 12 minutes i gotta go back so, <laughs> so i can't remember what uh what the website is but I, i've done it a couple of times but it's um so there's a constant search for exoplanets and you can get on a website and like i said i can't remember what it is but you can get on there and you can pull up a, a snippet of uh, radio uh, telescope stuff and you can look through it and see if you can spot a possibility of there maybe being an exoplanet in this particular uh, grouping of signals and so what you could do is farm out your um your you know combing through videos and audios <laughs> and just you know have people sign up and listen to 30 minutes at a time and if they think they've got something they can click a button and submit it and then you would go off and review it and you know that would get your get your uh, people engaged <laughs> and potentially even a, a patreon opportunity there too so there you go <laughs> that is a good idea but then i always kind of i would always think well what if yep. you meant something i better that man that's exactly what i was thinking i'd be like but man i'm a control freak when it comes to that so i'm like yeah but i bet you i would have heard it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would still go back and you're still going to end up listening anyways, just to double check. I get you. I well, get I'm, you. <laughs> I'm not saying that you take whatever they submit as goal. I'm just, <laughs> but it just, you know. 
Hey, I but I, I do like that. Me. There's a great Patreon idea, though. It's like, hey, do you want to help us, you know, go through, you know, this footage or whatever? It's just kind of a fun thing to do. Like, hey, we found something. Can you find it? You know, yeah. Where's Waldo? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's that dark shadow standing at the end. And, and I will say that that is, you know, one thing that we as paranormal investigators and stuff, the one thing we hope is that what we hear isn't manifested, right? So we usually, whenever there's EVPs and things like that or pictures, we try not to tell people what it is. We try to say, hey, listen, do you hear something? Yeah. You know, because then that helps us go, okay, if they said we heard turn off the damn light, we know we heard turn off the damn light and holy crap that's what we heard um and so that could be a way too it's like hey we heard something do you hear something and and then you it's another just another way to double check your facts so that's kind of interesting yeah good job josh <laughs> <laughs> you win the internet <laughs> so um what do you uh i guess looking forward in 2021 what do y'all have planned um, we well this year we didn't travel at all last year, so we got three trips planned this year. Um, so we're gonna go to the Stevenson Building in Nebraska, the Asher Walton House in Indiana, and then we're also gonna check out this new place that just opened up in Illinois. It's the Old Salem Hospital House. Mm. Um, don't know much about it. They just opened, so I thought you know I'd check them out. So um, we're gonna we're gonna just go to those and just continue to investigate the Boyd House when we can get there. As I say, do y'all do you all make an attempt to, you know, get to the Boyd House like once a month or once a quarter or just whenever you can or Well, we ha yeah, it's kinda of, well, you know, it gets booked, so we have to kinda of wait until we have an opening. And of course most of us work full time, so we have to wait on weekends and, yeah. and things. So it's it's kinda of hit or miss. I mean a lot of times I'll have to run down on like a Sunday because that's a least popular day to be you know, so I can check on things and make sure everything's going good. Um we with the with the virus we have um two people you know one teresa's had you know stuff and and donna's had stuff as far as you know being immune compromised so we've been real respectful for that so we haven't been really we saw each other in december and that was the first time really since covid hit that we saw each other and then um now we're gonna just start doing the traveling and, and things and you know i've gotten my vaccine and hopefully they'll They'll be able to get theirs by the time our, our trips come around, but we're going to go ahead and go forward and do it. That's fantastic. That's I'm really awesome. excited about that. Yeah. Um, now, Josh, I, you two have been the ones that have uh, communicated here, so I, didn't, I don't know if those are not, but have you connected her with Tori Smith yet, Paranormal Help Desk? No. You... We always try to pitch anyone that has a paranormal group uh, or whatever to connect with Tori Smith. She's okay. absolutely phenomenal. She runs the paranormal help desk. So essentially people come to her and say, I got a ghost. I don't know what to do. And she says, well, what city are you in? And she tries to track down uh, paranormal hunters and uh, trustworthy ones, of course. So we only let her know the people we like. So <laughs> uh, as well as, you know, those that have haunted homes. I know she was working on for a while, but I think that COVID kind of stopped it. They were trying to do like a um, first responders night um, to try to um, to give to like nurses and, and uh, EMTs and things like that, uh, but paranormal stuff. So like paranormal houses and, and things like that. But she's absolutely phenomenal. And we'll make sure to connect you with her because the paranormal okay. help desk, that way she can send folks your way. Uh, a, if they're looking for a haunted house, something fun to do, or B, there's something close to you that they could use some trustworthy people to take a look into. It's, it's yeah. you know, the community gets smaller and smaller. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yes. No, that'd be great. Absolutely. 
So um, is uh, I think we're probably getting a little long on time here. So I um, want to give it an opportunity for folks to, where can they find you? Where can they go? Where can, we've talked a little bit about your Facebook page. We've talked a little bit about your YouTube channel. I, I think on Facebook, it's uh, Boyd House 217, I think is the handle. Um, where, where else can they find you? Uh, well, yeah, other than Facebook, you can uh, look our, our website up, which is com. Or if you want to uh, email us direct with any questions or reservation requests, um, that would be boydhouse217 at yahoo.com. Great. Now, uh, we will, of course, be sharing all of that. And you people, you are blanket huggers. They love to check your stuff out, so they will. Um, but one thing we like to do with all of our guests, if they're a, a, a ghosty type person, paranormal, we got to ask, how do you feel about the opposite of that, which is either cryptids or UFO type related stuff, being someone who's in th- that arm of the paranormal? Um, let's see. I'm kind of on the fence about the UFO thing, but then again, I don't know a lot about it, right. you know? Um, I can believe there is other stuff out there, you know, as far as, as other planets and, and people, but, you know, I don't know. And do they really come here? I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I guess I don't follow a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so I can't, I, I'm not a non-believer, I guess you should say that. Um, well, I don't follow I, it. Same with same with like the you know Bigfoots and things like yeah. that. Not really get into that. Now come on, you're in Minnesota. They're everywhere. No, <laughs> I don't know about that. They probably freeze to death. I think it's like 17 below right now. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, I'm in Phoenix. It's 76 today. It was fantastic. <laughs> what were you gonna so, say, Josh? I was just gonna say. So, if you were, if if I were to tell you one documentary, um, that could perhaps educate you on the ufo phenomena and also uh you know maybe further your education on the topic it would be a documentary called the phenomenon okay um and uh it's by uh what's how what's the guy that fox is james fox fox Uh, Mulder. no anyways but it's it's got like credible uh, witness testimony from like people in the military and things like people in the governments around the world and it is uh, by far a great documentary you can get it you can watch it on amazon uh, uh, there's some other places you can look at it called the phenomenon and if you were to watch one doc that would you know expand your understanding and give you some evidence that would be my recommendation yeah no i'll totally check it out because i find the stuff fascinating not like i haven't watched ufo documentaries before for sure um but yeah i mean everything is fascinating anything you don't know about is kind of interesting or mysteries of the world i guess i've always been a kind of sciencey kind of person oh yeah you remember those books those mysteries of the unknown books when we were kids that used to be in like the reference section at the library (laughs) or like Mm -hmm. they were like mysteries of the unknown i used to man i used to want all those books uh, but yeah, I, I have to agree with Josh. Phenomenon's really good, um, and it's kind of a modern take as well. And it's it 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 is. It's on a number of streamers for free right now. Um, but how about for you? If there's one uh, documentary besides something you guys would do, um, which a you should go check out the Boyd House documentary and everything else. Um, but what's something you would recommend for people if they're interested into the paranormal uh, to take a look at? Oh, I don't know. Um, don't don't rely on the Hollywood stuff. Right. <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's any particular documentary I, I would recommend. Um, 
just just knowing that it's not like Hollywood makes it out to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So The Conjuring is not a documentary. No, it it is not. <laughs> and, and what I find funny, what I learned is when they say based on a true story, it only has to actually be about one fact. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. We had a parent yeah. on who was the oldest daughter in the conjuring like in real life and that's pretty much what she said too she's just like i mean she wrote three books about the whole situation and uh she's like yeah we didn't touch a lot on what actually happened <laughs> uh, they, she was a producer too they, they should make him say loosely based yeah loosely uh, based. yeah <laughs> based. fantastic well i hope they make a full movie about the boyd house starring you because i have absolutely enjoyed this time and i hate that we even have to go jill thank you so much for coming on to fearscape and telling our folks all about you we've got listeners up in uh, minnesota so uh and close so it's like if you guys are close get up there that's that's, yep. that's what i'm saying yeah it was fun thanks for having me on absolutely and uh you never know we we like to grab guests and bring them back on for other things we might grab you and go over a topic with you sometime and have you join oh, us in our research it's a lot of def- fun definitely would love so. to do it Thank you. And we love your ancestor, Mary Shelley. Just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much, Jill Shelley. Please go and check out, you know, the haunted house, like all that jazz. Yeah. If, if you're on, if you're on Facebook, if you, you if you uh, look up uh, Boyd house 217, so it's B O Y D H O U S E 217 um on facebook that's their kind of main page and uh, you can see all the information about the house yep. and Hell, investigations you can just hit, um and... boyd house haunted on google and you're gonna find all sorts of stuff i mean yep. just this page i found from the st croix paranormal.com has all kinds of videos i mean it's just lots of cool stuff out there so thank you jill um we'd love to have you come back on again um and uh yeah i've I'm spooked, so uh, we we haven't had a good haunting thing in a yeah. while. So yeah. <laughs> lots of good stories, um, but uh, you know, sadly, um, not sadly, but I I don't have a haunting listener story tonight. I'm actually gonna do something a little bit different. We haven't done this in a while, but I actually wanted to use um, one of our listener stories that's based off of a UFO sighting. I just really like this story. We've been hanging on to it for quite a while. Um, and I wanted to share it because, you know, your UFO sightings are listener stories too. And uh, they're not just for UAP sightings of the week. And so I wanted to share this one. Uh, and this one comes from Teresa from Rogersville, Alabama. And I will tell you this, not her real name. We needed to use an alias and you'll see why. I saw something bright moving in the night sky the last few weeks of March and the first week of April, nightly actually, and I took pictures on April 5th. At first, I thought it would have been Venus, as it was stationary. Then I knew it couldn't be Venus unless Venus can stay stationary and then go up and down and around all the while getting brighter and dimmer. Then in April, it stopped again and was stationary. I finally had a neighbor on the third or the fourth come out to see it. Like I said, in April it stopped moving and and we could see it was Venus, but in March it wasn't Venus. Now my husband, he works at the Arsenal NASA in Huntsville. It's not the first time he's joked and said it's a UFO from space or a UFO from the military, still unidentified to us. 
We've seen bright lights stay for an hour, then literally disappear in less than a minute. A couple of weeks later, he sent me the video of that jet that raises up like a helicopter and then takes off like a jet would. It's weird. But the ones that I saw in March were only maybe once every five or six days. However, the next day, military helicopters would buzz low all day, and those planes, the ones I just told you about, those were roaming around at night. And I'm not talking about the planes en route to the airport either. I'm talking about the ones that raise up like a helicopter and take off like a jet. Now, Rogersville is about 40 minutes to an hour's drive to the arsenal uh, in Huntsville. Everything revolves around Von Braun. No, he wasn't a monster Nazi, but we did finally get his name off of our concert hall. Now, don't tell the rest of the country, but we're not all characters from Deliverance. We have some of the country's best medical places and aeronautical minds in the world. Think of the moon, Patriot missiles, and sweet tea. That's what you get down here. But you also get people who will leave well enough alone as long as you ain't hurting nobody. Yes, that's twang and sarcasm together. Driving west from Huntsville, you go through Athens, a bunch of one-light towns, then cross Elk River, and then you're in Rogersville. It's still small-town living with lots of farms and fields. Athens has the interstate, but it's not even that big of a city. I'm just saying this because we still have dark nights and lightning bugs and everything just to shine in. I think we may notice more here near the river because of that dark. But that UFO in March, or whatever, I just, I don't know anymore. I didn't like that. With everything that I've seen and know from my husband, this made me nervous. We usually stand behind the military because we know even with their faults, they are the best in the world. But in the past few years you know, since 9-11, the weird stuff you see is happening a lot more often. And I don't think Venus, Mars, and other objects just randomly stopped following patterns. We know the planets have a routine, so why aren't they following it all of a sudden? Believe me or not, but there are some things afoot that I think will see the light of day sooner than we are comfortable with. So that that kind of reminds me of um, we've talked about it before, our sighting uh, with Capella. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it reminded me of. So you know, Capella is a, is a stationary star in the night sky, but yet the night that we saw it was jumping all over the place, and and we both saw it. And it would like move out, like move away from its location, and then zip back all of a sudden, and it's just you know so. And we've talked about it before, you know, how if they potentially if there are things operating in space and they want to be they want to hide, hide in plain sight. Right. Hide in front of a planet, in front of a star that looks like a star. But yet, you know, really, it's a, it's a craft that's sitting a lot closer to us. So yeah. and, you know, and then if you got camouflage technology, it's there. Or, I mean, if math is a universal language, then they would be able to calculate the distance needed to look exactly like that. Yep, exactly. So, well, even if math isn't the universal language, they probably still have math. I mean, math is a math, right? It yeah. may not be the, well, and the then same I math thought as about, ours, but... With Capella, this is something I thought about recently, is if it is some sort of, like, 
camouflage technology, if it's some sort of like mirror reflecting thing, what if it wasn't bouncing around, but it was the light from that star bouncing around through that camouflage, right? Like that's yeah. what we were seeing. That's possible too. Yep. That's the secondary thing I, I was thinking about the other day. <laughs> yeah, very possible. Very, very possible. But yeah, thank you, Teresa um, from Rogersville, Alabama. We appreciate your story. Um, and uh, yeah, you can always send in your stories to us at fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. Send them. We love them. UFO stories, cryptid stories, hauntings, whatever you got. We want them. We want them. If it's weird, we want it. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you can also go to any of our social media, Fearscape Pod or, uh, you know, fearscapepodcast.com. Submit a sighting there or chat with us on there. There's a hundred million ways to reach us. We want those stories. But, Josh, we need to get out of here. Um, my zest for life has waned down. I'm tired. <laughs> That's what Looks not even late where you are. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not even seven o'clock yet. Um, <laughs> but I get tired um, because my ADHD gets me super hyper. And then a crash, and that's what crash. Star cruiser crash. Star cruiser crash. Bam. Uh, anyway, All right. So we're gonna get out of here. Thank you again to Jill Shelley. Um, make sure to go to fearscapepodcast.com or fearscapemedia.com to check out all of the other podcasts there. We also want to tell you guys we are raising money in March, um, just to do way more stuff than we're able to do with the network. And so we're just asking for some support. You're going to see some cool events coming soon, uh, some things like that. But all through the end of this month, through the, the rest of March and all that, if you want to help us out and donate in any way, shape, or form, the easiest way to do that is fearscapemedia.com slash support. Yep. And uh, also check out the store, fearscapemedia.com slash store, fearscapepodcast.com slash store. It's the same store. Just whichever link you want to use to get there. Yeah, some people are picky. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it's a secondary way to support us. Uh, the, uh, the third way, of course, is by reviewing the show, rating the show, and sharing the show. But, anyway, let's go. I'm tired. I need to get out of here. <laughs> All right, this has been Stefan. And be careful. There's stuff under your bed. Like dust bunnies. Dang it, man! You can I'm trying to get a new goodbye. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is now. I hate you so much. <laughs> All right, remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.